The Sun Revealed by Neville Goddard. Tonight's subject is The Sun Revealed. Many have said to me, in fact, only a few minutes ago the same question is asked over and over. But surely you believe that Jesus Christ lived? Surely you believe in Jesus Christ? May I tell you, Jesus Christ is the only reality. But man does not understand the mystery of Jesus Christ. If you think when I use the word Christ, that it's a man who lived 2,000 years ago, who was born supernaturally, as told us in scripture, that the mother knew no man, that he was born of the Holy Spirit, if you think that is something other than yourself, then you do not know the mystery of Christ. Are we not told, I will be in labor with you until Christ be formed in you? Galatians 4.19 If Christ was formed one and for all 2,000 years ago, and that is to you Christ, then you do not know Christ. It takes Christ, who is the Son of God, to reveal God. Jesus is the Lord. When you say, I am, that's He. That's Jesus, the same as the word Jehovah. Let us make man in our image, Genesis 1.26. While the Lord has to bring forth his image, the image is called his Christ. We speak of the Lord and his Christ, his Son, who radiates him. So until Christ be formed in us, we do not know who we are. When we bring forth the Son, the Son reveals us and we are the Lord. We are the one who said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. We are the Elohim. We are the Lord God, called in Scripture, Jehovah. In the New Testament, Jesus, born, we bring forth this Son, born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. We know where this man came from. But when Christ appears, no one will know where Christ comes from. And how are you speaking of him as Christ, seeing no one as Christ? Christ is the Son of God, and it's not Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is your own wonderful human imagination. When you say, I am, that's God. You enter death's door, this world. And you are playing all the parts man could ever play. At the very end, you bring forth the result of your experience as man. And when you bring forth that which comes forward and confronts you is David. David is the Christ. He is the Lord's anointed, begotten not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. He confronts you, and then, for the first time after the long journey, you know who you are. You'll never know who you are. I could tell you from now to the ends of time. But until he is formed in you and comes forward to confront you, then you know who he is. Here you see your son, and this is without any uncertainty. When you look right into the face of your son, and you know his name, and his name is David, 
It never was another name, your beloved. And David is the result of the long journey through this long, dark night of time. It comes at the end of the journey to reveal you. And then when he appears, he sets you free. The father is set free through the son. Whose son are you, young man? For I have promised to set the father free. 1 Samuel 17, 58. Also, see 1 Samuel 17, 25. The end. So when the son comes forward, he who the son makes free is free indeed. See John 8, 33. We are told in the 8th uh, of John. So if any man should even say, look, this is Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. See Matthew twenty four twenty three. There is no being in this world you could ever point, or you could even point to and say there is the Christ. So when people speak of waiting for the coming of Christ as something external to themselves, as Billy Graham said the other day, and he is waiting because now the time is on us and this is the end. He hasn't the slightest idea of the mystery of Jesus Christ, because while he is highly publicized. Does it mean that, that you know when you spend 15 and $20 million a year publicizing yourself and telling the world how holy you are and he's waiting for the coming of Christ? He hasn't the slightest concept of the mystery of Christ. And to remain silent when we should protest makes cowards of us all. So if I use the name, I am not criticizing him. He's blind to it all. He doesn't know. He's not alone. All the so-called great leaders are equally blind concerning this great journey, or this great mystery. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal it. Luke 10.22, Revised Standard Version. So the son reveals the father. He didn't even know he was the father until the son appears, for he had promised himself, and he promised the brothers. For the word, Elohim is a plural word. It's a compound unity, one made up of others. We are the God who said, Let us make man in our image, Genesis 1.26. Now we couldn't pretend that we were. We had to completely forget who we really are and enter into the world of darkness, the world of death, called man, and then play all the parts. And at the very end, having played all the parts, the result comes forward. So David comes forward as a youth, as an eternal youth, the result of the father's journey through death. And he forms him in himself and brings him out at the very end to reveal him, the father, to himself. So when Christ is formed in man, the man in whom he is formed, when he beholds him, he is set free, and he is freed from the world of death. He kept his promise. He kept the divine vision in times of darkness, in times of trouble. And having seen his son, which he formed within him, well then, he is set free. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. So this is the story. Do I believe in Christ? There is no other reality. 
Do I believe in God? There is no other reality. God is your own wonderful human imagination. When you say, I am, that's God. That's the Lord. And you and I agree to dream this dream of life and dream it in concert. And not to break it until the end. And produce within us the sun, bearing witness to a long journey. And may I tell you, he is just like you. But you are not like the thing that you now see when you look into the mirror. Man becomes what he beholds. Prior to this end, he will stand in the presence of the risen Lord, who is made up of everyone who has gone to the very end of the journey. You are called into his presence. There's only one body, only one spirit, only one Lord, only one God and Father of all. See Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. So, as you are approaching the end, you are called into the presence of the risen Lord. And because man becomes what he beholds, you are looking to the face of infinite love. And you are embraced and fused with infinite love. And you are one with infinite love. You know exactly what he looks like, and you know exactly what it feels like to be infinite love. That's your body, a body of glory. When you bring forth the son, whose name is David, if you could take this being that you saw and become and bring it back to you, it would be David. Only you are the mature father, the infinite father. You can't put age upon it, but it is father. And David is the eternal youth who resembles his father. When I look into the face of David and recall the face which I saw, which was infinite love, they resemble each other. Only one is infinite youth, and one is eternity itself. And that is the body that everybody one day will wear, And because in the end there's only one body, there's only one spirit, there's only one Lord, there's only one faith, one hope, one baptism, one God, and Father of us all. See Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. And you step right into that picture. So do I believe in Jesus Christ? Really? I believe in nothing else. For in the end, what is it but the one body, the one Lord who pledged to go through the world of death and overcome it and bring out a son? Let us make him in our own image. Bring out the son, and the son reveals you to yourself. You will never awake from this world until the son confronts you. When the sun confronts you, you know who you are. So I can tell you from now to the end of time that you are God, but I can't persuade you to the point of conviction. When he stands before you, you can speak with an assured I know. Not I believe. Not I think. But I know because I brought him forward. He came out of me. He was formed within me. And then you will use the words of Isaiah. To us now a child is born and a son is given. Isaiah 9, 16. And here the four great titles are placed upon him. These mighty powers 
are all yours, for you are the gods. And all the gods who in the beginning to expand yourself said, Let us make man in our image. So when the Son is revealed, the Father is set free, as told us in the book of Samuel, First Samuel 17.25. David is the sum total of all the generations of men and their experiences. If you could take all the generations of men, or generations of me, but everything, good, bad, and indifferent, all the experiences of humanity, and fuse into one grand whole and personify it, it would come out as David. So let no one condemn another, for in the end you have played all the parts. And if today you have not yet played all the parts, may I tell you, you will. Because you, because you can't fashion him and say, as you must say, forgive them, they know not what they do. Luke 23-34 through 34. Only when, at the very end, you can forgive every part of the world, have you played all the parts. So, God alone acts and is, in all existing beings or men, William Blake. So, he plays the part of the harlot, I played that part. Plays the part of the thief, I played that part, I played every part in the world. Or I could not have brought forth David, for David is the sum total of all the experiences of humanity. He represents humanity, and that is the Son of God. He comes down into the human race and plays all the parts. How could anyone animate the human body instead but God? So he actually enters a human form and plays it, animates it, it becomes a living being. In the very end, when he brings forth the Christ, who is the anointed of the Lord, who is David, then he himself has returned to his glory, which is a life-giving spirit. He had to give that up and empty himself of all that was his to become man, just a living animated being. And in the very end, he returns to his glory. And that glory is a life-giving spirit, which he was prior his, to his descent into this world. So do I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I believe in nothing but the Lord Jesus Christ. There is only the Lord that is God himself, and that is Jesus of Scripture, and his Christ is his anointed, his David. Rise and anoint him. This is he, 1 Samuel 16, 12. And, go, or, and so Nathan, who was sent, anointed him, 1 Kings 1, 34. This is my anointed. In the second psalm, here are the words of David. I will tell thee of the decree of the Lord. He said unto me, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. Psalm 2, 7. While that day was not 3,000 years ago, or 10,000 years ago, or a 1,000 years ago, it is happening at every moment in time when you bring forth the Son. Today I have begotten thee, and it's David. And the lovely part about it, there is no uncertainty as to what you are seeing and who he is. The identity is so indelibly impressed upon you. You don't guess it, you don't think, well, could this be it? No. 
you know exactly who he is and he knows exactly who you are and that relationship is forever you kept your promise and you brought forth the image which now reflects you and radiates you and then you simply remain long enough to tell the story and you tell it to those who will listen not everyone will believe it because they have been taught to believe in some little external being who lived 2,000 years ago. So I can't blame anyone when they ask a question of nature because they believe in some little historical Christ, some little thing that happened 2,000 years ago when Christ is a contemporary, that which is being formed in man as a result of the experiences of humanity. And he is playing all the parts. Who is playing them? God is playing them. So when I am told, if any man should ever say to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, don't believe him, Matthew 24, 23. Let no man point to anyone and say, he is the Christ. Christ is the Son, the result of your journey. And you are the Lord spoken of in Scripture your journey through death and when you have conquered it and overcome death you bring out all of the experiences that which is the result that which now reveals you to yourself so when he is formed in man the man in whom he is formed is shown who that man really is and he is god the father it seems an incredible story and it is it seems the most incredible thing in the world it's the truest story in the world. The one great story is the story of Jesus Christ. There's nothing but the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord is your own wonderful human imagination. That's the Lord. That is Jehovah. That is Jesus. And because of your experiences in this world, you are forming in yourself the Christ. So we speak of the Lord and of his Christ. Well, we put the words together and say Jesus Christ. It is the Lord and his Son when we speak of Jesus Christ. So Christ is the anointed, the Messiah. The Messiah comes because he is formed in you. And when he is begotten in you, he is begotten, certainly not of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, or blood, but of God. But you didn't know you were God forming this being until you formed it. And when he stands before you and calls you Father, then you are fulfilling your own word, for you dictated the words through the prophet. I have found David, and he has cried unto me. Thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Psalm 89, 20, 26. So you bring out the results of your long, long journey. This is the Christ of Scripture, and man is forming that Christ within him. As we are told in that one letter to the Galatians, my little children with whom I am again in travail until Christ be formed in, your, in you. Galatians 4.1 And when he is formed in you, like reaching the point of birth, he has to come forward. He can't be delayed beyond that point of being completely formed. And when he is formed in you, then you give birth to Christ and you can say, I am Mary and birth to God must give. If I am blessedness for now and evermore shall live, though Christ and Bethlehem a thousand times be born, if he is not born within you, your soul 
is still forlorn. And the cross on, Goliath, on Golgotha, thou lookest to in vain, unless within thyself it be set up again. Uh, Johann Scheffler. Humanity is the cross that God wears, and on this cross, and it's a painful load to bear, he forms his son within you. And he doesn't need anyone else, only the experiences of humanity. And every conceivable thing that man could ever experience, you, prior to the actual forming, in the very end, you must have played. When you bring him forward, there isn't one part that you have not played. You have played the giant man, so important in the eyes of yourself in the world. You've played the bum. You've played the intelligent person. You've played the fool, the rich man, the poor man, the known, the unknown. You've played every part in the world. If you haven't, you're going to, because until you play all the parts, you can't bring forth the one who is called the perfect reflection of you. You promise to play it all, not bring forth all and forgive all. So here, do I believe in the Lord Jesus? Do I? I believe in nothing but. What part you are playing at the moment doesn't mean a thing to me. I know who is playing the part. The actor in that part means all to me. But the part you are playing, that doesn't mean a thing to me. So tonight, you will be playing a part that is so wonderful in the eyes of humanity that will think, isn't she wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? That is all right, but the little character. But who is the actor hiding behind the mask? That means all to me. The character behind the mask is Jesus. And when you say, I am, that's he. That is the Lord Jesus, that's Jehovah, the only God. So tonight he's waiting on you at the table and you may think that he isn't clean or she isn't clean and you wonder about the service and you cut down your gift because of the little part that he or she is playing as a waiter, not knowing that God is waiting on you, that God is playing that part. And there never was anyone in the world capable of playing that part but God. He wrote it and he plays it. He plays all the parts. So in the end, when you bring him forward, what does it matter? You will vanish from this world, but when you bring him forward, you don't remain in the world. Everyone remains in a world just like this. It's terrestrial. It is real, just like this, until Christ is formed in him. If one drops tonight, instantly he is restored to life in a body, just like the body he dropped. Let them destroy that body, cremate it. It doesn't make any difference. He is restored. He is a young person about 20 years of age, and he is to himself the same being. He knows he, he hasn't died. Those here who can't touch him, who can't cure him, who can't see him, they say he's died. He is dead, but he is restored. Restoration goes one and one, or goes on and on and on in the dream of God until the end. And in the end, when he brings forth the Christ, who is David, who reflects him, who is the image of his being, that he is not restored anymore. When he now takes off the garment, it's for the last time. 
and he returns to the being that he was prior to his entrance into the world of death. Only he is enhanced by the experience. Whatever he was before, it is expanded. His vision is expanded. His power expanded. His wisdom is expanded. Because God is ever-increasing. Truth is an ever-increasing illumination. And God is truth. So when you think of Jesus, don't think of some being who was born 2,000 years ago. Think of humanity and the occupant of humanity. That is Jesus. That is the Lord. That is the Lord who is wearing the cross of humanity. Humanity is the cross. And that being, through the experiences of man, is forming, in, is forming himself or forming in himself that which is not born of flesh, that which is not born of the will of man, born of blood, but born of God, for you are God, and your experiences are forming this being. When he comes out, well, the book of Samuel describes him better than anyone could, but even that cannot describe the beauty of David. No artist could paint him. No one can really describe him in words. The beauty that is David. When you know that you have stood in the presence of love, infinite love, and love embraced you, and man becomes what he beholds, you actually become the being that you see. You are that being. And when you see David, David is the young one of this one. Just like him, only one is eternally you. And the other, you can't call him old. He has just matured. Infinite love matured, and David reflects him. He's the image of him, but David is eternal youth, and that is Christ. The word Christ simply means Messiah, and Messiah means the Lord's anointed. That's what the word means. He has chosen his anointed. That is what he brings out. It's the image of himself. So here, if I told the story as I have told it, tried to tell it, it may vary somewhat because scripture tells it to the best of the ability of the one who wrote the scripture. You take the beginning of Luke, inasmuch as man have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us, and just as they were delivered to us by those who were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. From the very beginning, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things carefully, to write an orderly account for you. Most clearly, or most dearly beloved, Theophilus, that you may know the truth concerning the things of which you have been informed. Luke 1, 1 through 4. Now, he doesn't claim for one moment that his is any more accurate than those who preceded him. For he admits that many tried to tell it, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative. So he is not the only one who has attempted it, and this is Luke. But he feels that his is a far better arrangement of the source material. For he followed it accurately from the very beginning. While I have told you the story, I have written the story. So if you try to tell it, well, you have heard someone who has experienced the story. Now you can tell it. 
I've told it in a chronological order, just as it happened to me. And here in this wonderful story, the whole story begins with the crucifixion. Now, how can you tell a story of the nature that is told in the gospel and begin with death? And yet, this is the mystery of life through death. Unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much. So, unless I die, thou canst not live. But if I die, I shall rise again. John twelve, twenty-four. So I must die. I empty myself of all that I am in order to take upon myself the weaknesses, the limitations of man and become man. And I must be completely forgetful of the being that I am. I can't pretend that I am. If I pretend that I am, I am simply masquerading in the flesh. I have to completely die. And that is the beginning of the drama. A complete amnesia as to who I am. And only in the end, having formed within me that which is called Christ, which is David, does David awaken me by standing before me? And then memory returns. Then I know who I am. So if the sun sets me free, I am free indeed. But until he appears, I can't be set free. Money can't set me free. Intelligence of man can't set me free. Not a thing that man can give me in this world could set me free from being crucified on the cross of man. But when David appears, and he is my son, and he calls me father, he sets me free. So you are told, he sets the father of David free. David overcame the enemy of Israel. And when he brought the giant down, he promises Seth, the father of the one who brought down the enemy of Israel. And so he brought down the giant, and when he brought him down, he sets the father free, First Samuel 17.25. So when he appears before you, you are set free. So this is the sun revealed. Now you dwell upon it. Don't try to force it into something. You die to all your former beliefs as you awaken to the truth. If man insists on holding on to the little things, the traditions of men, then he denies God. Blame no one. We're all born into the same restrictions. I was born into a restricted environment, believing the history of scripture historicity of scripture, believing that these characters lived. And all of a sudden, like Paul, Paul could say, from now on, I regard no one from the human point of view, even though I once regarded Christ from the human point of view, I regard him thus no longer. Second Corinthians five sixteen. revised standard version. He was speaking of the characters of scripture, not you, not me, but the characters of scripture. And he saw them all, not as human, but as personifications of the eternal states of the spirit through which man must pass. As he comes to the very end, the climax of it all, as Jesus the Father, who is God the Father. And if he is a father, there must be a son, or he is not a father. And the son is what he brought forward, his anointed one called David. Now you take it and dwell upon it, and may I tell you, you will not in eternity disprove it. No one will disprove it. I'm not speculating. I'm not theorizing. 
I'm sharing with you my own personal experience, mystical, my own personal mystical experiences. It is true. There is only God in the world and his Christ, and his Christ is what he formed within him. Having experienced humanity, coming right down into the world of death, and taking upon himself the cross of death, which is man, and playing all the parts, and coming out at the very end. And what he brings out, and only as he brings it out, will he ever awaken from it. He cannot awaken from the dream until he brings forth the image of himself, and the image stands before him, and it is his son, and the son is David. So he has been seeking for David and cries out in the 89th Psalm, I have found David, and he has cried unto me. Thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Psalm 89, 20, 26. So here the son revealed is what you will form in yourself. And when he comes forward, he will be David, not a David, the David, the only David. It is the one that is mentioned in scripture. And he said unto me, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. Psalm 2-7 Now I know there are many who have said, not this, is, not this is Jesus of whom he speaks. The Father and the Son are the same image, the same one. But the Bible is not written in some, simply, in some simple little way. When they criticized Blake, it was a reverend who did it, the Reverend Dr. Trussler. He said, you need someone to interpret to elucidate your experiences, your visions, and your points. And Blake said, You ought to know that that which can be made explicit to the idiot isn't worth my care. The ancients know, and they said, that what was not too explicit was fittest for instruction because it rouses the faculties to act. So don't expect to open up the Bible and find it written as some little book. It is not written for that purpose. It is written to rouse the faculties to act, to search the scriptures, and then to compare any actual vision of yours to scripture. For there must be two witnesses, the external witness of the written word and the internal witness of the spirit. So when you have, ha when you have an experience that is now recorded in scripture, then you have the two and there must be two if you would come into the council. You can't bring one witness. Two must come, and if two different witnesses agree in principle, agree in their testimony, then it is conclusive. But there must be two. So here is the external witness of Scripture, the written word. Now you must have it. And when you've experienced Scripture, then you are brought into the council. No question is asked. It is so obvious that you have experienced Scripture. And now you return to the being that you really were, and that being is the Elohim, one of the gods. So we came down, as told us in the 82nd Psalm, I say you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you will die like men and fall as one man, O princes. Psalm 82, 6 and 7, Revised Standard Edition. One man falls, carrying all, for there's only one body, one spirit, containing the Elohim. And then the one fell and became scattered, diversified. 
All of us then are collected one by one back into the one body, the one spirit, the one Lord. See Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. But only as you bring forth the one that can awaken us. We can't awaken until we bring forth the Christ, and Christ is David. Now let us go into the silence.